You're listening to The Jill Monaco Show, episode number 11. Welcome to The Jill Monaco Show. I'm your host, Jill. Each week, I hope to bring you a message that inspires, encourages, or challenges you to go after and live a life you love. Join me and my friends as we explore what it means to love God, love ourselves, and love others. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Here we go. Today, I'm talking to my dear friend, Rachel Proctor. She's a speaker, licensed minister, and author. As an entrepreneur, she has the goal to revolutionize the way women lead in business, ministry, and public service. But I'm telling you, even guys can learn a whole lot from this powerful lady. She currently serves as the mayor pro tem for the city of DeSoto, Texas, which is right outside of Dallas. She is also the co-owner of a family-owned early childhood learning center and the owner of a real estate property management firm in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Now, I was introduced to her by a friend, and it seems like every time Rachel and I talk, we are learning the same things as entrepreneurs, as leaders in ministry, and as single women. So I asked her to come on the podcast and share what God is teaching her lately with you. So today, she's going to talk about how we need to let God revise our lives. You're going to learn what it looks like to let God edit you, (laughs) and also how to trust Him as the author and the perfecter of not only your faith, but your journey and your life. So you don't want to miss this wonderful episode with Rachel, who just has so much wisdom to give to you today. And so without any further do. I want you to meet my friend, Rachel. Rachel, I'm so glad you're on my podcast today. Thank you for being here. Yes, Jill, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm so sorry that I missed your, you had an event in Dallas recently, um, like a mentor luncheon, right? Yes, we did. It was so much fun. I actually got together five of my friends in ministry. Uh, We all know each other from different walks of life. They all have different areas that they target. And so we got together and had lunch with a group of ladies and were able to just kind of pour into each other and share. We laughed, cried, rejoiced. It was amazing. Well, tell me a little bit about, and let everyone know, you are an entrepreneur. You've done so many different things. You've written a few books. You've got an online group on Facebook um, where you mentor women. Every single time you put up a, a post with a quote, I'm like, yeah, that was for me today. Like every time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do this luncheon and then you also own businesses. So what do you love about being an entrepreneur? Wow, there are so many things, but actually, I guess something that's important to know is that I've actually never worked in corporate America. So I literally have no frame of reference for corporate America and what's happening in the (laughs) corporate world. And how that happened is I actually grew up in a family. Well, my family had a family-owned business. And ever since I can remember, I think I was like 13 or 14 learning how to make payroll (laughs) alongside my dad. And so I've always been one to just really, I guess, kind of just learning about entrepreneurship, learning about business, what it means to be a steward, what it means to lead other people, uh, what it means to just 
you know, work with customers and serve people. And so I think one of the things that I love the most about entrepreneurship is not one of the things that you usually hear. Generally, you hear stuff like, oh, I love having a freedom to schedule my day, blah, blah, blah. And while those things are great, I think something that I really, really, really love, Jill, is the fact that knowing that we were created in God's image and our God is a creator. Mm. And so we have the ability to create and take something or take nothing and make it into something. And so I believe that entrepreneurship gives you such a unique ability to leave a legacy and leave something for the next generation to let them know that you are here and you can do that through your business and also make it a profitable business doing something that you're passionate about. And that's one of the things that I love the most absolutely about being an entrepreneur. Yeah, that is so well said. I never thought about that. I process slowly. I'm going to have to chew on that some more because it makes (laughs) you think, like, what is God wanting to create through you? And Mm -hmm. if you're made in the image of God so uniquely, there's certain things that only you, Rachel, or me, Jill, are going to do, that are called to do. No one else can do it just like us. And when we look at it like that is God wants to create something through us and um, it can leave a legacy way beyond us, um, then it kind of takes the pressure off, you know? Yeah. Um, Because he's just going to do it as long as we partner with him and the results, the legacy is up to him. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest challenge about being an entrepreneur? I think one of the biggest challenges, and I'll just speak personally, I think one of the biggest challenges for me, kind of going back to what I said earlier about my experiences growing up uh, helping to run a family-owned business, when my dad started uh, one of our first businesses, which was a child care center, I was not necessarily in the ground stages of that or the ground floor stage of that. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't there building and digging out everything like my dad was doing. So I just pretty much got to come on board And I was just kind of going along for the ride. So I never really got to experience a lot of the growing pains that it comes that come with uh, building a business and starting a business and and really leading people. And so when I stepped out and started my own company, um, I think one of the things that has been the most challenging for me is that in between growth period. So it's kind of like you're not really small, but you're not big and you're not there, but you're not there and it's kind of like you're in between stages to where you're kind of having to wear a lot of different hats and you may not financially be to where you're able to really hire or hire it with uh with the intentions of delegating a lot of tasks to other people so you're having to wear a lot of hats and still try to maintain a really high level of quality as far as the service that you deliver to your clients and so that can be really challenging to maintain balance during that stage and also to maintain your sanity because it's just so many wheels turning at one time. So I think that's like one of the biggest challenges for me uh, that I can see in entrepreneurship. Yeah. So what do you suggest to somebody who's in that season? Wow. I would say to really, really, really set your mind on growing from every experience, especially the challenging experiences because of the fact that um, I do believe, while I while I strongly do believe in delegating areas of your business, um, whatever those areas are for you, I do believe that if you, you gain something that is invaluable when you learn everything you can learn about your business, all of the insights and how to do all of the functions within your business, 
um, before you just hand those things off to somebody else because it gives you just mm-hmm. a different appreciation for your business as you begin to see it grow and as you begin to see it develop. It's just something about doing the work um, and how it really grows you up as a business owner and it really makes you appreciate what God is giving you to be a steward over because again our businesses our families our kids whatever whatever you have God loans us those things and I I look at it the same way when he gives us a business Um, it's something that he loans to us to see what are we going to do with what he gave us and so I think you Mm -hmm. just have to learn and set your mindset on growing through it all even the challenging times because I always say that when we ask God to build certain virtues in us Mm-hmm. Like patience for me is one of the things that I'm always, always, I don't know about you, yeah. but I'm always asking God to give me more patience. And I've seen God work and he's not the type of God to say, okay, I'm just going to hand you the virtue that you're asking for or the character that you're asking for. He's going to put you in situations that force you to develop that character that you're asking him for. And I look at that yeah. in my business. You know, that yeah. re- that reminds me when I first started my ministry, which is a business because it's a nonprofit, and I remember having to figure out accounting and web design and graphics mm-hmm. and all these things. And I remember complaining to the Lord and being like, God, can't you just send me someone who knows how to do this? And what he did mm-hmm. was he sent me someone who knew how to do it, who taught me. And I was like, oh. I have no interest in learning how to do WordPress. <laughs> like, I do not want to learn this <laughs> thing about accounting. And he didn't give me someone to do it. I had to learn it. But the longer I've been doing it, now um, there are volunteers, but I know exactly how I want it done. I know what standard of excellence. I also know what to give them mm-hmm. grace for because I know how long things take now. And I know how Mm -hmm. long it is. And so not only can I, you know, lead them, I can also support them with grace. And so that's good. Yeah. So what you said, I never really thought about the, you know, how to, you know, go through that process. But, you know, we're we planned on talking today about letting God make some revisions in our life. And so many times when you're an entrepreneur, you have to. You know, go, all right, is this still the direction? You know, is there something that needs to change? Um, we usually get the original vision, but not the actual roadmap on you know how to get there. Yeah. Um, and I know as an author, um, you've, you know, um, published two books. Um, but as a new author, I can say, oh, my goodness, the writing process is all about revision, 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 to the point where I'm like, mm. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's normal. <laughs> but um, I wanted you to just share a little bit from your heart about you said God showing you things about revisions. Wow, yeah, I really, I will say this about me and, and writing and just books in general. Even, ever since I was a very small child, reading and writing was actually one of my favorite pastimes. And I used to really underestimate the writing process and just even the gifts or the desire to write that God was giving me as a very young child. Because, you know, as a kid, like all of the other kids are doing sports or singing or some other talent, and you really don't look at writing Mm-hmm. as a talent. I mean, nobody brags, you know, to their friends that they got like the highest score on their state mandated <laughs> writing test. That's, That's not true. like a thing you 
boast about, you know, as a small kid, but I really right. began to underestimate that whole process of writing and what it takes to really get to that desired ending of your story. And so this concept of revision really started to come to me when I wrote my very first book. And so when I looked at the word revision, I was like, okay, well, what does that really mean when we say revision? And literally it means just to see again. And mm -hmm. so God began to show me a lot of the things that were happening in my life and he was causing me to look at them again as far as what the purpose of me having to go through those things or the purpose of me having to have something taken away or him adding something or taking it away. And I began to, God just began to kind of open my eyes to this revelation. And so when we talk about revising and when we talk about more so God revising our life, it just shows us how sometimes he has to eliminate or restructure things in our life or um, remove unnecessary details or remove things that no longer serve us to get us to go to the next stage in our story. And so that's really what revision is really about. And so when God wants us to grow again, he has to edit our life to get us to move from faith to faith. Cause a lot of times we won't move otherwise, unless God has to intervene in our lives. You know, that reminds me of a quote my friend said. She's writing a book, and she said, if you were to look at the first draft of the book versus what gets published, it is so different because by the time the editors mm. get a hold of it and edit it, it's just so different and so much better. And that really, mm. when you're talking about restructuring, removing things, eliminating unnecessary details, that is like God, the author and perfecter of our faith, that does. Mm. He takes our first draft and he's like, let me do some editing here. He doesn't. And we yeah. see it as a loss. Right. We can be like, oh, that right. hurts because um, we've invested our time in that belief or that relationship. But he's got a really great end product for us. If we'll just go with the flow. Right. Right. That's so good. Yeah. And I, I've seen that the more that you begin to really trust God with this whole idea of the revision process of your life, the easier it becomes still because it's like the things now that used to really, really, really bother me don't even bother me anymore. Like mm. a lot of the things that used to get under my skin and used to give me a lot of anxiety, God has begun to just show me so many ways to see it again and see it in another way. Um, to where they don't even bother me like they used to. So it gets easier the more that we begin to trust God, knowing, like you said, and not only is he just the author or the editor, but he's also the publisher. He's the author, editor, and publisher of our lives. And so yeah. we have to really trust him. And the more that we do it, the easier it becomes to trust him, knowing, like you said, that his his desire is for us to have a good and expected end. Yeah, yeah. And I love what you said, too, about he doesn't just give you patience. Like it's mm -hmm. it's a process, you know, it's like character just doesn't happen overnight, right? Right. Right. So, so what is something that, so, um, can you give us an example from your life of something God is revising in your life? Wow. I think one of the things that God has totally revised in my life is one of the things that sticks out to me is about my single season. Mm -hmm. And what it is really to be used for, um, because I have, and I have a friend that says this all the time, and she says that marriage is not varsity and single is not JV. They're both varsity. 
Good word. And so when we look at it, we have to really appreciate our single season because what God has begun to show me is that there will only be some things that are a part of my purpose that I will be able to only accomplish in my single season. And so God has been really using that revision process to get me to move and maximize this time in my single season. So I'm really appreciative and grateful that he has really shown me another way to look at this time in my life. Yeah. What are some things you think you can do in your single season that, um, you know, that you can do better or more of or... I don't know, you're probably just speculating, (laughs) you know, when you haven't been married, you're speculating. But what are those things that you can see God doing? Well, I see God doing uh, a lot of things in regards to me being able to really go all in on some of the things that he has given me as far as some of those big audacious goals that he's given to me as far as being able to write or being able to travel and to be able to speak and just go and have that undivided devotion, even in my devotional time. It, mm. it has just been uh, amazing because, again, I have that undivided devotion to God to where I'm able to really dedicate that time to studying and meditating on His Word, and I can be all in and focused in on those types of things. Yeah, I um there's a, a podcast that we did um, earlier, and I think it's episode eight with Brittany, and she talks about when she was married and uh, when she was single and then she was married and at 25, her husband died. And so then she was single again, but this time with three kids. And she talks about, you know, in that season, she just was able to be, you know, kind of single again. But how much in that season, this new season of singleness, she had to take all the stuff she had received from the Lord through his word that was coming back in her time of pain. You know, so the single season, we don't know what God is, what foundation he's laying that we're going to need later. Um, and Absolutely. so, and so, yeah, that's what, what you say reminds me of. I'm thinking, okay, I've been single a long time. <laughs> My foundation is enormous. <laughs> like what the heck is coming? <laughs> but I'm, I'm sorry, I digress. Um, but go ahead. Tell us more about, um, you know, just about this process, what God's showing you. Yeah. So another thing that God has shown me is that Revision means that you will have to absolutely be open to the fact that parts of you may need to be rethought mm-hmm. or rewritten because sometimes we can really be in denial or resistance of change that we feel like we don't need to make. When God is saying, you know, there are some things I want to make you better, but if we're not open to the process, then of course we hold ourselves back in that aspect as far as not being able to really grow and being able to really manifest those things that God wants to do through us whenever we're resistant to the change that God wants to bring in our life. And one thing that I've seen, another example that I always look at is the example of the caterpillar and the butterfly and the fact that when you really think about it, and and while I don't know this for certain, I would, I would suggest that the cat, that the butterfly has absolutely no, memory of ever being a caterpillar Mm. and even if it did every moment that it now gets to spend flying and soaring in its destiny would make up for every moment that it was ever formless or shapeless in the cocoon process which is the process that it has to go through that revision process um, that Mm. it has to go through 
in order to get to that destiny. And so I just want to encourage everybody to not abort the process. Like, don't jump ship during the revision process because, you know, God is doing something amazing. And and what we have to realize is that everything that we need to be who we ultimately are designed to be is already inside of us, just like the caterpillar. It doesn't have to look outside of itself to reach its destiny. Everything that it needs is already within itself, but it has to go through the process in order for those things to be pulled out of it to get to that next dimension. Yeah. And you know, when you think about it, it isn't a real pretty process, you know? No. It gets all covered up, and it reminds me of seasons where we feel hidden, you know? Mm. Whether it's our singleness or, you know, so many people want to, you know, be a speaker or whatever, and you just feel hidden and unseen and... Um, but that's what the caterpillar has that season from caterpillar to being in the cocoon where it's covered. And, um, I remember hearing a story of a little kid who wanted to help the caterpillar get out and it, um, it let the caterpillar out sooner than it was ready. Mm. And the wings Mm -hmm. weren't strong enough to fly because the process of it breaking, I could be totally wrong. People will have to Google this. (laughs) Um, But the process of it getting out of the cocoon strengthens its wings it needs in order to fly. Mm, Wow, that's good. Yeah. If it's not true, if it's not true, I just made it up, but it's still a good analogy, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's a great analogy. It's so amazing. But yeah, I remember my cocoon, well, and I mean, there's, I think there's always, we always kind of have a different cocoon process. I think it's just on another level and for a new season. Yeah. But I can remember one season of life where I just felt so much obscurity and it was so gray. And I remember talking to one of my, uh, one of my mentors and she began to tell me because this was a season to where I was really, I had a lot of people really pulling on me in a lot of different directions. And I just felt like I couldn't do it. I didn't feel like I was worthy. I didn't feel like I had what it took. And she began to tell me that that feeling that you're feeling, you've got to feel it. You've got to go through that feeling because the women that you minister to, that's how they feel. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be able to understand how they're feeling in order to be able to pull them out of what you are called to pull them out of. And it's a season that I had to go through to be able to understand it and to be able to better minister in love and understanding. And like you said, be able to serve them in grace and have grace for their situation because it's something that I felt as well. Oh, it's so good. You know, and I, it just, it making me think that I think sometimes there's a lack of mentorship in that way. You know, like Mm. when if leaders aren't willing to be vulnerable about like no one is just rives, you know, right. But if Mm -hmm. people if we aren't willing as, you know, in my process of, I'm, you know, I guess people look at me as a leader or you as a leader. But, you know, we're still in process, too. And we're just in Mm -hmm. a different part. But if I'm not willing to be vulnerable about how I got to where I'm at, other people will think, well, I just haven't arrived. And so they won't know that their process is normal, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's and I, so good. Mm-hmm. And I think as the church, it's so important to the grace and, like you said, love people to know that what you're going through is normal. And mm-hmm. and yet don't get stuck there. You know, you can't get stuck in just this 
process. And, you know, it's almost like I wonder the more I complain about the process, does God kind of leave me there to be like, oh, like this is it's part of your process, but it doesn't have to take this long. It's like, you know, the them being lost in the desert, you know, (laughs) for 40 years, what Mm -hmm. I think should have taken them 40 days to walk. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So what do you think would um, what helps what helps people get unstuck? Like if someone were to come to you and they said, Rachel, I just feel stuck where I'm at. They're in that cocoon. Um, maybe they feel they have a vision from God, but they're not seeing it like they thought they would. What would you say to someone like that? You know what? One of the things I've seen, and again, just kind of going back to my own personal experience, one of the things I've seen when I found myself stuck is that generally I'm, and this is not absolute, but generally I'm in a place where the opportunity to grow is no longer present. Hmm. And a lot of times that place looks a lot like a comfort zone or areas that are familiar. And so whenever I feel myself kind of getting again to that place, I always say, God, what season am I in? What season do you have me in? And when we think about seasons, it's so important that we don't. I think I think sometimes there can be this, this generalization of seasons of life being married or single, but there are tons of different seasons of life um, that we can go through. I can recall when my dad uh, got very ill and my dad uh, passed away in 2015, but he got really ill. And so there was a season of life to where I had to kind of put some other things that I on the back burner in order to be able to care for my dad during. So that was a Mm -hmm. season of life. And so getting back to what I the point I was making is that we have to ask God, what season am I in? What should I be giving my time to right now? What should I not be giving my time to right now? And so a lot of times we can be we can find ourselves stuck because Sometimes we're not always okay with what God says. Sometimes we have to be okay when he says, this is not it. This is not where you're supposed to be right now. And it's scary because we don't always know what is up ahead, but that's where faith comes in. And I think when we begin to trust God, knowing that, okay, this is something that I was in. This is something that even I felt God in at one season of life and experienced success in. But God, what are you doing now? What is the new thing that you're doing for this season of my life? And I and I found myself being able to get unstuck easier. Again, when I leave myself open to God's revision to say, okay, it's time to move to the next act of the play or to the next scene of the story, you know? And so mm-hmm. those are some things that I would say, and, and it, it, I don't want it to sound cliche-ish or flowery, but in a serious way to really pray about what season are you really in right now? Because if you found yourself trying to get back to an old season or get back to something, then that means you're not growing and moving forward. And I think that we become frustrated when we're not able to really grow, whether we say that or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. I do. As you're talking, I'm sitting here thinking about a certain thing in my life, as I'm sure other people, God works that way, you know, where you're like, oh, I think I might need to talk to God about that. I've been trying to get back to something Mm -hmm. that I really liked about my life that isn't, it's just not going to happen. It's just not what God has. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's nothing negative. It's something good. (laughs) You know, it's Mm -hmm. it's and not not that I'm where I'm at is negative. It's also good. It's just good in a different way. Um, Mm -hmm. But sometimes we've elevated 
past things, whether they're relationships or seasons, to a place that, you know, God wants to bring us beyond that. But we're so stuck on the uh, romance of what that was that we can't move mm-hmm. on. We can't move forward. Mm-hmm. So anyways, yeah. that's just what I was processing as you were talking. Um, that's a really good word for what helps people feel and helps them get unstuck is to ask God, what season am I in? Um what do you think is the last season before you move into a new place? Do you feel like you've experienced that where you get the breakthrough? You know what? Yeah, I think one of the things that always seems to happen, and it's almost like clockwork, is I will get very uncomfortable in a position or when, when it's time to transition to a new area of life. God will always seem to make it very uncomfortable where I am now. So it kind of almost gives me like no other choice Mm. but to move forward into what he's calling me to next. And so that's something that I've always seen God do. It seems like it just gets very uncomfortable to where I'm not able to really stay in that position. He'll always do something to where it's like, okay, no, this is my sign. It's time to leave. And it's not always a clean cut process. Again, it's going to challenge you. Sometimes there may be conflict. And, and conflict is not always bad. Um, sometimes we need conflict to help us refine our values and things that we believe, or maybe to question some of the things that we have been believing as truth. And so I think God will always put you in a place to where um, it, it causes you to trust Him more, again, to grow your faith or to take you from faith to faith to faith to faith in Him. That's good. That's a really, it's always great when people have gone before you can go, hey, watch for this, watch for this thing and mm-hmm. then and talk to God. That might be, that might be a sign. Um, mm-hmm. So um, in this whole process that you've been learning about God editing your life and revising and, and publishing, what is, what has really challenged you or maybe inspired you um, to love and serve others well? Wow. I think what has really, I guess, inspired me through the whole process, looking at myself and just all of the ups and downs that I've had, and many people on the outside might look at me and feel like I have it all together and have no issues and everything. I just make it look so easy for people. But when I look at really what I've gone through and things I've had to lose or just bad decisions I've made as a result of my own frustrations or me moving outside of God's timing, it's really helped me to understand that every single person is at a different stage in the revision process. Mm. And so I have to be very, very careful to not judge somebody's choice when I didn't know their options. That's good. I'm going to say that again. Do it. To love other people by not being so quick to judge the choices that they have made when I don't really know what options that they had and what stage in their revision process that they're in. Because a lot of things that may look like a bad decision or may not look so great can really be just a survival move. Like people are really just trying to to make it and people really can be doing the best that they that they can with what they have to work with. So it's really helped me to be more compassionate to people um, because their after might not look so great until you get a look at their before. Yeah. Yeah. And we have to give ourselves that grace. Yeah. Right. To go, gosh, where I'm at today may not be where I want to be, but let's look back a month or a year or 10 years 
you know, mm-hmm. and go, okay, yeah, based on the options I was given, this is, you know, or that I took, this is where I'm at. That was really, mm-hmm. that's really powerful. Um, yeah. You know, there's so many different ways that people can glean from the wisdom that you have. And I would love for you to just, you know, quickly tell them, uh, you know, about your the Achieve List Journal, the Best Year Ever book, Emerge app. Just give them the options of how they can connect with you. Wow. One of the easiest ways, I guess, to stay connected with all of my different channels and with, like you said, with the journals and all those things is through the Emerge online devotional app. It's a free app. It's available in the App Store and the, and, and the Google Play Store. Um, and it, I send out daily devotion, daily motivation um, through the app, as well as I always send out notifications as far as anything that I have going on. You can access my YouTube channel from there, as well as get access to the journals and to the books and all of that stuff um, through the app. So that's probably the easiest way to get a hold of all that stuff, as well as you can follow me on social media. Um, all of my social media channels, I want to say, are at Rachel L. Proctor. Right. Rachel L. Proctor. And your website mm-hmm. is rachellproctor.com as well. And uh, That they, is correct. And they can check out your mm-hmm. books there. I know as the new year is, is, you know, the year's getting ready to end and we're entering into a new year, um, some of those things, the best year ever book or to achieve list journal might be um, helpful for them. Um, and, you know, and I didn't say this, we really didn't talk about this. And um, But you have an amazing video ministry on YouTube. You are so well-spoken and... Um, just brilliant, wise beyond um, me in <laughs> years. Um, you just, you always say things that are so good. So I want to encourage people to check out your YouTube channel. And um, and you're just, you always are putting out new things to serve people. Um, your pastor's heart, your teacher's spirit. Um, I think people will be really blessed by that. So I encourage our listeners to go there too. So thank you. Thank you so much. Well, Rachel, it has been so great to have you on the podcast today. I know we could talk about a million things, so we will just have to do this again soon. Yes, absolutely. Let me know when. Okay. (laughs) Sounds good, my friend. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Jill Monaco Show. You can find more about Rachel when you go to jillmonaco.com slash episode 10. Just click on the show notes to find all the links we mentioned today. And you know, I don't want you to miss an episode of The Jill Monaco Show and podcast. So would you subscribe and leave a review? It really helps other people find this podcast so more people can be blessed. And if you really liked it, then go ahead and share this episode with your friends on social media and tag me at Jill Monaco on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I loved having time with Rachel today. I hope you did too. Thanks for tuning in today, my friends. And remember, love well. You were made for it.